the Humanitarian Engineering Podcast. Welcome to the third episode of the Humanitarian Engineering Podcast. My name is Peter Chemueno and I'm the host of this episode. And I'm sitting here with my co-host Nina Yakubit. Welcome everybody. Today we are privileged to host Dr. Ayat Nashwan, who is the head of the sociology department at University of Sharjah in the United Arab Emirates. Dr. Ayat will tell us something about her research work later on in this episode, where she's been working with immigrants and refugees. Welcome, Dr. Ayat. Welcome. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you. So, Dr. Ayat, can you tell us something about yourself? Thank you. And before that, I would like to say to uh, everyone who celebrates Eid al-Fitr, Eid Mubarak. And again, thank you for hosting me in this episode. Uh, my name is Ayat Nashwan. Uh, I'm currently the head of sociology department at uh, the University of Sharjah in the United Arab Emirates. I'm doing my sabbatical, but my first affiliation and continued uh, affiliation is uh, with Yarmouk University in Jordan. Um, Actually, um, I worked in Yermuk University in different positions, but mainly uh, the head of uh, sociology department. That was the, the latest one. And before that, I was the director of refugees, displaced persons at Forced Migration Studies Center at the same university. Um, I actually studied a bachelor and master in sociology at the University of Jordan. And then uh, I was sent by the, univer- the government of Jordan uh, after getting a scholarship, full scholarship from the government to study PhD in social work. And I finished that at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville in 2014. So I have eight years experience in Yermuk and then I joined Sharjah University recently, only this year. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, could you also tell us something about your motivation? Why did you decide to work uh, with refugees? What, what's your passion uh, to work with refugees and uh, the underserved communities in Jordan? Yeah, actually, as a social worker before, uh, you know, I worked as a, a school social worker uh, before going to the PhD. At that time, uh, the issue of refugee always present in Jordan because Jordan is one of the uh, the countries that hosts refugees on all uh, its history. But actually, in 2011, the Syrian uh, crisis happened, the Syrian war. So at that time, I was in in the United States, uh, and I decided at that time to. Start the Arab American adolescents in East Tennessee. When I returned back, it was a very difficult situation on Jordan because it hosted a, a large number. Actually, Jordan hosted 1,400,000 Syrian refugees uh, during this crisis. So at that time, it, I was very motivated to continue my work uh, with um, refugees and migrants, but in different contexts. So I started my passion working with Arab American who are either refugees or migrants in the U.S., I came back with a huge number influx of Syrian refugees coming to Jordan. So I decided to stay in the same path and I continued working. And I decided that most all my research, all my, uh, you know, uh, projects uh, shall be within the social work with immigrants and refugees. So I stayed until this moment, um, all my research about refugees. Well, uh, great to hear that. Uh, great motivation. And uh, it's really impressive. Uh, maybe Thank I could you. ask related to that, what are some of the practical challenges that uh, you've experienced working together with refugees or within your uh, work in sociology? 
Mm. Actually, uh, it's a good question because uh, I believe not many people uh, can work in this uh, area or uh, this population. It's a very sensitive uh, area and very sensitive situation to work with refugees, people who lost their, uh, you know, uh, country, their home country. They are either, uh, you know, displaced internally or uh, refugees outside their countries. So for us uh, as Jordanian, we, we deal with refugees because they cross the border from Syria to Jordan. It's a very sensitive situation. Uh, many refugees, you know, 80% of refugees in Jordan are uh, under the poverty line. So they are in a very difficult uh, and hardship situation when it comes to economy, but also issues related to psychological well-being. So it's not easy at all as a social worker to work with vulnerable populations. But I select, I choose to work with people because this is where we can see the impact, where this is where we can see the change uh, with vulnerable uh, groups and populations. Well, thanks a lot, uh, Dr. Yat. So we'll move to the next session uh, whereby Nina will ask also a few questions uh, related to some projects that you've already worked with together with uh, the cooperation with the University of Twente within uh, the NUFIC project. Okay, Dr. Ayat, thank you so much for the introduction. Um, we are now moving to more work-related um, questions, in particular more about the projects that you conducted. You already mentioned that all of your research projects were together with refugees. Can you maybe tell us a bit more about one particular project? Yeah, definitely. Actually, I was very proud uh, that my first project was uh, funded by the Netherlands. Uh, that was the first one. It was with uh, Fiji University, uh, Professor uh, Marina Direct. And during this project, it was about early uh, marriage in perspective from anthropological perspective. This has really motivated me to continue with colleagues and uh, professors from the Netherlands because I felt I should do more. I feel that our colleagues in the Netherlands are very interested to know more about what's going on in Jordan, how can we collaborate. And this has opened the door actually to, after this project that was the first project, opened the project to 24 projects. So during my you know, uh, experience at Yarmouk University from 2014 until this moment, I worked on to, uh, in almost uh, 25 uh, internationally funded projects. But the project with the University of 20 was very distinguished. Why? Uh, for different reasons. First, because uh, distinguished professors from the University of 20, also colleagues from B-Link Academy, who conducted training in a very distinguished, uh, actually, um, topics. So they trained uh, faculty and uh, administrative staff, staff from Yermuk University and those staff and faculty uh, they should train refugees. It was not direct intervention. It was indirect intervention. This is the most thing that I like uh, actually about this project because sometimes when you work with the vulnerable population directly it's difficult. So you work with the host community and you uh, strengthen the host community and then the host community can work with, because, you know, the sense of local is very important in social work. This is always um, present in our, uh, you know, conversations and debates. Um, so uh, the project called INCLUDE, and it's mainly, as I said, uh, training, different training sessions in very important topics uh, can enhance the refugee lives. And uh, through this project, University of 20, uh, alongside with Billing Academy, they trained a large number of faculty and administrative staff in uh, Yarmouk University. And luckily, also the same... Uh, 
colleague, they continued the work with Yarmouk University. Although I'm outside now, but I'm, I'm very proud that the, the work continues because also Yarmouk University, you know, it's a, it's a big university with a, a huge number of talents. So I can tell you that uh, this project is really close to my heart and it's continued. Uh, I would like to uh, here to thank uh, Professor Peter and Professor Alberto Martino for their great efforts, actually. You, Nina, also we met uh, in the Netherlands and now we are meeting online. But uh, I'm very proud of this project and we look forward to continue. And also, uh, I should say that the good news that also Yarmouk University alongside with 20, now they are uh, conducting Erasmus funded project. So um, the relationship started, but it continues till this moment. So uh, other projects uh, were from different countries. I also have some experience with projects uh, funded by DAD, uh, also Canadian Embassy. So uh, a whole variation because all of the international bodies now are interested to know more about refugees in Jordan. This big influx that came out of Sudan 2011 and they continued until this moment in Jordan and Jordan um, out of responsibility they are taking care of refugees. It's not the, same, the first time that Jordan received refugees. It's for many years. Well, thank you. Um... You already talked, of course, about the project that we conducted together. And also for us, it was really um, well a pleasure to work together with you and the Refugee Center. Maybe can you tell us a bit more about the learnings of the project? So what was uh, your takeaway from the main takeaway from this NUFEC funded project with us? Yeah, education. Education is the most important variable that if we want to enhance the refugee living, we don't give only money. We don't give you know goods. Uh, we really provide them with education. If you provide refugees with education, that means it will be a last uh, long impact on their lives. So I believe we should continue. Also, one of the most interesting things in this project, also the edubox that was designed and prepared and shipped from the Netherlands to Jordan. It was exciting opportunity. And I wish if there is an opportunity that you also um, provide some photos, maybe I'm not sure if it's that possible or not for people who are interested to know more because um, when when the Etio box, that is the container that is designed to, um, you know, meet the needs of refugees in education arrived here at MOOC University, I, I cannot explain express my you know uh, happiness when i saw the photos it was a dream and now this dream comes true so this is one of the most innovative actually action that happened out of this uh, out of this project this was one of the most important outcomes i could say yeah no i totally agree i think the edobox was a great innovation and we are also very proud that it's um it arrived in jordan um well, thank you. Now you already talked a lot about your experience working with refugees. Maybe can you say a few words how it differs working with other communities or other underserved communities? Yeah, actually, I worked also one of my projects was with the women uh, in academia because uh, it's very important for me as a female uh, researcher and academic to uh, I have this responsibility if I work on these projects, I apply and I win these projects to also give the opportunity for other female who are interested to have that same opportunity. So I initiated what is called um, um, uh, She Leads. She Leads, it's a, it's a network for female academics. Now it's started with about 100 female academics only from Yarmouk University joined, but our vision to increase it and to enhance it to include other female faculty. And the main aspect of this network to encourage female academics 
to uh, apply for a project and to manage and lead internationally funded projects at uh, the university. It's, it's very important for female academics to be uh, fully engaged in the university. Oh, that's also very important indeed. Um, then the last question from my side, of course, in the humanitarian engineering initiative that we are currently developing here at DUT, technology or developing technology plays a huge role as well, also in the context of underserved communities. Um, what role can technology play in elevating the lives of refugees in Jordan? Mm. It's also an important question. I could say that uh, one of the aspects of this uh, project that I really like that it's really rare that we see social scientists work alongside with engineers. And I think through this project that was fully achieved because Peter and Alberto, they are from engineering. I'm from social work, but we work together to enhance the lives of the, uh, the lives of uh, people. So technology is important. We cannot ignore it at all. Um, I believe uh, we should uh, actually uh, work together to invest in technology to enhance the lives of uh, not only refugees, but also other disadvantaged uh, communities. So I believe it's, it was a very important step that uh, social scientists worked with engineers together in this uh, important project. Great, thank you. Actually, that's also at the heart of humanitarian engineering, this uh, transdisciplinary actions. So that's really nice to know. Uh, well, thank you, Dr. Ayat. Thank you very much. So, well, thanks a lot, Dr. Yat, uh, also on my part. I think it's uh, the really listeners can have a good uh, perspective of uh, the work you do, also the importance for society in terms of uh, working together with the underserved to reach out to them with uh, education and also to work towards uh, improving their well-being. So we come to um, the th uh, more or less the fourth part of our podcast. Uh, usually we prepare five uh, first questions, uh, which you can try to answer, yeah, quickly in uh, yeah, one short sentence. Why do you think uh, humanitarian engineering is relevant in one quick sentence? Um, actually, it's a must now. It's a new trend in the Arab countries. We don't know a lot about it, but I get to know more through this project, to be honest. And this encouraged some of my students to seek opportunities to study in the Netherlands. I, I was approached by, by one of my colleagues. She said, yeah, humanitarian engineering, I would like to study this in my, uh, you know, uh, graduate. So um, this is the beauty of exchange. We get to know about you, you get to know about us. That's all. Thank you. Well, very interesting to know. Uh, for the second question, uh, what is the most urgent topic in your view that needs to be addressed by humanitarian engineering? Uh, how to improve the lives of uh, refugee women, because I'm focusing now currently on uh, how to enhance the refugee women, because they are among the most vulnerable population, among, you know, the whole population of refugees. Women need a specific attention. And I just published a research paper about uh, divorcees and widows women, refugee women. So I would like to do some projects around how to enhance, you know, women refugee women lives uh, through engineering. So hopefully uh, we will have a specific project about women and their children because they take care of their orphanage kids. So it's very important to focus on them. Well, we can't agree more. Eh? And uh, indeed, uh, it's it's quite uh, very relevant. So for the third question, uh, how do you think a humanitarian engineer can make the most impact? Bottom up. 
to take bottom-up approach to work with the people in in their houses, in their places, not only on the paper. And this is what happened actually uh, with the idea of Box. I believe Box is a good example uh, how the ideas that we have in our minds are, you know, translated into action and we have actually a tool that now is serving uh, refugees in, in Jordan on the ground, on the field. So this is how to translate all of these ideas into action. Well, well great insights. So uh, for mm-hmm. the fourth question, uh, could you pick uh, one aspect that makes uh, an inge- humanitarian engineering different from other engineering disciplines? What, what are your thoughts? Uh, okay, uh, the practical aspect, I believe, because we all believe that all the sciences around us must be in the serve of, if, if you know, humanitarian aspects. But I believe humanitarian engineering is um, showing us with evidence that it's very important to, to be applied with the vulnerable populations. And, you know, in our countries, it's very important to have this exchange in order to learn more and more about it. I, I don't think, mm. I'm not really familiar with any program in the Arab countries that call to humanitarian engineering. So we need to bring that to our countries. It's very important. Well, thanks, uh, Dr. Yat. And then to the f- fifth and final question for this session. Uh, how can a humanitarian engineer bring the most value for refugees, in your view? Because you've really worked a lot with refugees and this forms much and part of your daily work. Uh, what are your thoughts? Mm. Uh, mostly before uh, I work on this project, most of my projects were in social work alone without any other you know, disciplines. So I discovered after working on many projects that are pure social work, that we really need to integrate the multidisciplinary aspects and to work with engineers. It's not easy. It's not always, uh, you know, um, as I said, easy and we go out of our comfort zone, but we can learn from each other. So engineers can learn from social workers. Social workers can work engineers with the same sake, with the same vision, to, in, to enhance and to, to promote, you know, prosperity and resilience uh, among refugees. So I believe it's this is the, the main point that I would uh, like to focus on and on the importance of humanitarian engineering. After applying this project, I became 100% convinced that we should work together. And I look forward to continue the collaboration with the University of 20 and also with the uh, Netherlands. Okay. Thanks a lot, uh, Dr. Yad. Thank you, Dr. Ayat, for sharing your insights with our audience here. Um, well, in this episode of the Humanitarian Engineering Podcast, we have talked about refugee communities in Jordan, in particular also the most vulnerable women. Um, we've also talked about the influence of technology. Um, and very important, we have talked about the role that education can have in elevating their lives. Um, well, thank you again for participating in this podcast. This episode brought us one step closer to a responsible society. To our audience at home, thank you for listening in and see you next time.